Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation for Friday, April the 3rd, 2020. So today we're reading out of Luke chapter 10, verse 23 and 24. Um, This is, Brueggemann tells us, a secret world of possibility. I love that title. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And Brueggemann kind of wonders, what is this big secret that that the disciples are in on that the kings and the prophets have missed out on? And uh, the secret is still going in our day. The secret is the secret of the cross. The secret of what love really looks like. You see, the king's uh, power and wealth and amassing the largest army and uh, taking things by force and uh, getting mine at the expense of someone else, uh, that's the way the world works, right? Well, Jesus comes and undercuts all that. And uh, one of my interns loves to say, he says, Jesus' kingdom isn't upside down. It's the world's kingdom that's upside down. So however you want to look at it, Jesus' kingdom is very, very different than the kingdoms of this world. And that's the secret because it doesn't seem to make sense on the surface. And the disciples had a hard time grasping it at first, too. We see Peter on the night Jesus is betrayed pull out his sword and cut off Malchus' ear. Uh, He's thinking in the kingdoms of the world. And the secret that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples is really the secret of what we would call Good Friday. Uh, We only call it good in retrospect because on that Friday it seemed anything but good. So Brueggemann says, In that hidden glimpse of Friday, we have learned all that we need to know of God. For no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. That's Luke 10, 22. We learn in our way of confessing it that Jesus is truly God, and that God's power comes in weakness and vulnerability. That the power to transform is the truth of vulnerability. For the royal power of kings and the majestic certitudes of the wise do not have the hidden cunning power of healing. The secret is that God's power is not one of force and takeover, but of vulnerability, of sacrifice, of literally God laying down his life for the sake of the world. That's the secret. Um, that this is referring to that has been known made known to the disciples even though like us they have a hard time comprehending it he goes on to say more than that we have learned and we keep needing to relearn that the cross is not simply a one-time deal in the life of jesus or or of god it's not just like jesus died once and so now that way is done and so now we're back to the old power structures 
Rather, the cross is a clue about how to live an alternative life in the world. An alternative life that is marked by risky innocence that has the power to heal, to create caring neighborhoods in the face of rapacious markets, to evoke new possibilities in the face of despair, to enact new forms of liberation in the face of endless locks of oppression. The clue, of course, is that none of this happens unless there is a risk of self so that the enhancement of the neighborhood requires the expenditure of the self. But the babes and disciples have always known that. Children get it. (laughs) Surely since that terrible, wondrous Friday. So if you think about all the things in life, the things that really matter, you think about a parent who loves a child. How does a parent love a child? A parent loves a child by sacrificing his or herself, sleepless nights, giving up their own preference to take care of this little baby, uh, not being able to go out and just do whatever they want anymore. It's always self-sacrifice. When we look at the people who are are hoarding during this time, we, we know that that's not what love looks like. We know that sacrifice for your neighbor is what love looks like. The good news stories on the news right now are stories where people are laying their life down. So Brueggemann says, this cross thing, it's not just a one-time deal that Jesus went to the cross and now it's it is finished. Although as far as our sin and our shame and our guilt is concerned, it is finished. But the model of the cross is what the Christian life is called to emulate. To take up our cross and to follow Jesus means that we should be those same kind of risking, self-sacrificing people that Bergman's talking about. And he ends the, the little devotional with a little bit of honesty. <laughs> Surely some of you are like me, preferring to be kings prophets, wise, intelligent. And all the while, we are haunted by this secret world of costly grace that makes all things new. So in Lent, maybe part of what we do is we admit how often we buy into the wrong side kingdom, the the one that is upside down, the ones of this world that say, I need to grab, I need to get, I need to take control. And And we are reminded again of the self-sacrificing love of Jesus. And that really our lives are to look more and more like that same kind of self-sacrificing love. If we claim to follow Christ, then taking up a cross means that we begin to also sacrifice our good for the good of others. And uh, sometimes during Lent is a great time for us to be reminded of how deeply we've become ingrained in the wrong kingdom and to turn back towards Christ who calls us to follow him and take up our cross daily. So let's end with this prayer. God of the cross, your power is hidden in a weakness that quietly overcomes the world. Open our eyes to see this power at work. May we walk in it as we live out your alternative vision for the world. Amen. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day. Thank you.